So we get to do it. Ground up. It's uh, number three on page 90 of your workbook, The Layers of Free Will. The Free Will Parfait is what I call it. It's uh, C.S. Lewis. It's the middle of book two. He brings it in in the middle because it's not the conclusion of book two. It's the middle of book two. For us, generally speaking, we would hit this just after the middle of our class. You could call it act four of a Shakespeare play. This is the rising action. This is the tension. This is the twist, maybe even. Uh, but in a philosophy class, I would throw this out there for you guys. We're going to do it today. This is the hardest question that is available to humanity. I, but for real, I haven't found one that's harder. And it's like, okay, we might as well do it. You got to do it at some point, right? So here we go. We've talked about it before. We've hinted at it before. I don't want it to be lecture style completely, but I also want to get through the lesson today. Does that make sense? So if you're willing to let me get through the lesson, we'll bring, we got the whole other six weeks still, seven weeks to talk about these things. And it'll come up in Great Divorce and in Lord of the Rings. But this is the problem of evil. I'm going to talk about the problem of evil today. All right? We ready? I always need to buckle our seatbelts. Page 47. And it says this at the top. Christians then believe that an evil power has made himself for the present prince of this world. Hashtag chapel. And of course that raises problems. Is this state of affair in accordance with God's will or not? If it is, he's a strange God, you will say. And if it's not, how can anything happen contrary to the will of a being with absolute power? Great question, C.S. Lewis. Right? Like, right? And this is the free will question. I'm going to propose three answers. Now, they're answers. I'm not going to give you some little cupcake that makes this all go get better. I'm not going to make it so that the evil goes away. What I want to offer you today is three answers that I believe and many other people believe are satisfying answers. Does that make sense? They don't solve the problem of evil. They satisfy us with answers to the question of evil. Got it? Tra traction there? I want to make sure I don't deliver something or offer you something that I can't deliver. Go team. The way that I found it useful to talk about is to frame it. There's going to be a frame with the picture inside of it. And the frame is this concept of free will. What's the real picture though? The real picture is evil. Is there evil in our world? There's horrible evil. If you will oblige me three or four minutes to try and get us there, some of you, it will be empathy. And I'm not trying to drudge up your pain, but I do want you to connect with it. Some of it, some of you need to really start sympathizing. You can't empathize. You don't have this kind of pain in your life. Amen. But I know people who have been raped. I know people who have been molested as children sexually. And I've even talked with the molesters. Right? I've had lunch with the molesters and had conversations with them. We'll talk about that during the Great Divorce book a little bit more and what that means and the implications of that. But child molestation is evil. Right? It's horrible. What's the frame? The frame is, wait, could God stop this? Could God stop child molestation? Yes. Wouldn't a loving God stop it? 
Yeah, does he always stop it? Does he sometimes? Yeah, does he always stop it? No. Oh, wait, ready? At Christmas, we're going to celebrate Emmanuel, which means that God is where while it's happening? There. That's messed up. <laughs> if you're not willing to sympathize, let alone empathize, we got to keep going. Like, is rape happen? Rape is evil and horrifying. Horrifying. I know people have been raped. It's horrifying. It's hell. Right? Could God stop it? Does he always stop it? And where is he while it's happening? What the heck? <laughs> Let me even add another one that's really not what we're talking about, but it plants a seed for point number three later that's inside this frame. My sister's die dying, you could say, but at least suffering, very real suffering of five different diseases at once. If I had in this water bottle the medicine that would cure her. She's 33 and gorgeous and kind and a teacher and creative. If I had the medicine in here that could cure her and I'm standing in the hospital room and I don't give it to her, what would you call me as a brother? Cool. A what? Horrible. Thank you. I was like, some of you said not very nice. Uh, you're being way too nice. I'm a what? Horrible. A jerk. A total horrible brother, right? So wait, easy or hard for God to heal my sister? Wait, super easy. Can he? Oh yeah, could he do it today? Yeah. Is he Emmanuel? Is he with her? Actually, he's so close, he's where? He's in her. Is he healing her? What the heck? Are we there a little bit? What is going on? Let, come on, we got one more scenario. It's the end of the day, and some freshman bursts into the room. Dominguez Sanctuary, your room is safe. Oh my gosh. And he's like bleeding on his face. And then this sophomore, I got to pick on the sophomore. The sophomore runs in, jumps on him right here. Got a picture right here in my room. Sophomore jumps on him, grabs his hair. Boom, boom. You hear a crack, nose breaks, bleeding out of his nose. Boom. He's hitting his ear. His ear, which is bad, is starting to bleed. And I'm doing what? What? Yeah, okay. Now, some of you aren't there. Picture that happening right here today. And Dominguez, the guy, the freshman ran to my room for what? Help. And I'm just watching, watching it happen, standing right here. What would you guys do? Well, but wait. No, while it's saying, yeah, amen. What would you do? Yeah, like, you guys would stop it. Yeah, are you nicer than God? Why isn't God stopping all the bullying? At what? Is there bullying here? Why isn't he stopping it? No, that's not true. I can grow without trial. <laughs> but does trial help me grow? Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. So do we understand? And that's a great point. That's actually the third point. So we'll get there. But first point. Do by, by the way, do we see the frame? <laughs> what is the frame here? The frame is. There's evil in our world. What's the frame? The frame is that God allows it because of free will. Now, let me say it like this. If God stopped all the bullying, would the bullies have a choice to bully anymore? So if God stopped all of the evil that you were doing, you'd only be able to do good. So then you would have to do good. It wouldn't be what anymore? It wouldn't be good. It wouldn't have value anymore because you'd be forced to be loving people. Is that love? Is forced love love? 
Yeah. So wouldn't it be nice if he stopped all the evil? Well, yeah. But then what does it do to all the good? It loses its value. It's still, it's just, it's not, there's no freedom in the good anymore. You just have to do it. Are we tracking? So we're going to get there later, but that's the frame. Got it? So let's, let's look at the free will parfait. So there's three points to this. One is free will, and it's the parfait. Second point is, is it worth it? Third point is redemption <laughs> of the trial, All right, Got it? So that's where we're going. Give me about 15 or 20 minutes to try and get us there, and I appreciate your willingness to track as best you can. Ask questions and interrupt, that's totally fine, but I'm just gonna like a choo-choo train, just kinda get us to that destination, okay? What does Lewis do in the book? But anyone who's been in authority knows how a thing can be in accordance with your will in one way and not in another. He talks about the mother with the children and cleaning up their stuff. Mr. D goes home today. I've got seven-year-old twins. They're playing with the Legos all over the floor. And I say to them, I want you guys to clean up the Legos when you're done. What is my will? Now, wait. Now, if you say that the Legos get cleaned up, is that just my will? No, what's my will? That they do it. Don't miss that. Super huge. I want them to choose to clean up the Legos. Right? So ready? They say, no. Did my will get done? Well, wait, I wanted them to clean up the Legos, and they didn't do it, so my will got done? Uh, are we tracking here? There has to be layers and levels of free will, excuse me, of will at this point. What's my will? That they clean it up. What's my will? That it gets cleaned up. But really, what's my will? My overarching will is that they clean it up. If the Legos are laying on the floor and I grab my son's hands, I'm like, clean up the Legos for crying out loud. And I'm like, I'm, I'm making him scoop them up with his hands. Is he cleaning them up? No, I'm cleaning them up. If they say no and I just clean them up, then my will get done. No. Because my will is that they clean them up, that they choose to clean it up. So actually, you guys, some of you caught it already. Is my will that they choose to clean the Legos Getting done? Yes, because they made a choice. That's my, my will is that they have a choice to clean up the Legos. Did that get done? Yeah, that, that, that got done. Did they clean up the Legos? No, but by not cleaning up the Legos, my will, the first will got done, which was that they have a choice to clean them up. Did anybody catch it? I need, some, I need a little feedback right now. Do we see that? Now watch what happens though. If you take the first layer away, can the second layer even happen? That's the key. That's the key. In order to have the second one happen, where they clean them up, they have to have the choice to clean it up. Are we tracking enough? Okay. Okay. So now, once we make things voluntary and we make it so that you have free will, does God's will to love each other, does it always get done? No. But so he wants us to love others. We have a, a choice to either love or not love. Since some of us choose to love, is his will getting done? Yeah. When we choose not to love, 
Is his will for us to have a choice getting done? Yeah, but is his will getting done that we love? No. Do we see the layers? Super important. A lot of people don't separate the layers out. They haven't been taught how to or they don't understand how this works. Yeah? So, ready? Let's go back to Lewis. The same thing arises in any regiment or trade union or school. You make a thing voluntary, then half the people don't do it. <laughs> that is not what you willed, but your will has made it possible. I love Lewis's humility, and it is a beautiful humility. It's probably the same in the universe. <laughs> probably the same was the universe. God created things which had free will. That means a creature which can go either wrong or right. Some people think they can imagine a creature which is free but had no possibility of going wrong. I cannot. If a thing is free to be good, it's also free to be bad. And if it is free will that has made evil possible, why then did God give them free will? Because free will, though it makes evil possible, is the only thing that makes possible any love, joy, goodness, pleasure worth having. A world of automata, of creatures that work like machines, would hardly be worth creating. He could do it. Make a bunch of robots that automatically love him. Is that love? Is there a relationship? Does my computer love me? <laughs> I might love it, but does it love me? It could care less who's punching the keys, right? There's no relationship here that's with a freedom. It's just all cause and effect. Now you're like, but God, could God make creatures like that? Sure. He can make creatures that automatically love him. They might be a cute little mouse that loves God automatically. Whatever. Or a tree. A tree is not like, I wonder if I should grow for Jesus today. They just do what? They just grow for Jesus. And do they honor Jesus in doing that? Yes. But there's no what? And then there's also no good trees or evil trees. It's just a tree. <laughs> right? That, if that was the case with humans, great. But then we have no freedom. Okay. But is that what we see when we look around the world? No. We see evil. We see freedom. So, ready? Yeah. Just like one question about that. C.S. Lewis says that he can't imagine someone who has a choice, yet always chose the right thing. And and I get that we can't imagine it, but, like, couldn't God do it? Yeah. He's pretty, pretty powerful. I think so, right? And so, he can't. God could. Did he hear? Mm. Okay. I think that's where we have to land. Because we could go off on the theories, which would be great. But we got to just land back on, look around the world. It doesn't exist here. Yeah? For humans, Great point. So ready? The happiness which God designs for his higher creatures is the happiness of being freely, voluntarily united to him and to each other in ecstasy of love and delight, compared with which the most rapturous love between a man and a woman on this earth is mere milk and water, right? Union and marriage and sex is like down here compared to union with God. Woo, baby, bring it, right? And for that, they must be free. So do we understand the first point? Generally speaking, evil is here because of free will. Yes? Now, some of you already went there. Second period, I had three hands shoot up. But what about the sickness thing? <laughs> or a hurricane? Well, hey, I'll get there. Does that free will stuff? No, that's just evil. We'll get there, right? This is free will, though. Humans doing horrible things to other humans. Is God making them do it? No. Of course, God knew what would happen if they used their freedom the wrong way. If <laughs> we what? We do. Apparently, he thought it worth, worth the risk. Is it? I was speaking with someone this weekend who said no. 
Their life has been such hell with abuse and pain and death and sickness. It wasn't my sister. That they literally said, I wish he had not created free will. Not worth it. The pain is too great. It's not worth it. Do I bring out this argument in that conversation? Yeah, bad idea. <laughs> That's not going to help in that situation. That's where you hug, cry, listen. Job's friend. Job's friends had the best advice for him when they were silent for the first seven days. Yeah? Got it? So keep that in mind. Is this true? Yes. It might not be the best thing to bring into someone right after horrible suffering or in the midst of it. Got it? But ready? Is it worth the risk? How about in class? Can we talk about it as worth the risk? You don't have to think it's worth the risk. You don't. At the same time, did he do it? Did he take the risk? He did. He did. So he must think it's worth it on some level. The problem is, is that is there horrible, horrible evil? Rape and child abuse and people chopping off other people's heads all over the world and shooters in Paris. Like, is there evil in this world? And God thinks that it's worth that risk? Yeah. It must mean that the love, real love, is worth all that hell. Which means it must, if that's how evil, evil is, then how good is the love and the freedom? It must be better than that, right? Right? Like, right? Now, I, uh, I, I need to, if it's okay, I'd like to use, do a little example here that I think can help us understand it being worth the risk. Fair enough? So, uh, Owen, I, you mind if I use you as an example? Now, by, although I don't have to, are you dating someone right now? You're, you're not, okay. All right, then I just wanna make sure I don't make it something awkward. <laughs> or did we just have a recent breakup? Okay, all right, if you had, bless you. All right, so if you don't mind, we'll just go there. All right, so Owens, for four years, I don't know, how, are you okay with Junior Senior Banquet, that whole concept? Yes. You okay with it? All right, so for four years, you've been looking at Junior Senior Banquet, you wanna ask this one girl, right? I don't know who it is, I don't know your relationship, I don't know what's going on, right? But there's this one girl, and by the way, she's super lucky, so there you go. <laughs> so there's this one girl who you wanna ask, and uh, you've been waiting for four years, it's the last banquet of high school, it's gonna be awesome, yeah? Come on, right? And, uh, you ask her and she says, of course, right? She says, yeah, she'd be crazy not to, right? And uh, the evening rolls around. Every girl's crazy about a sharp-dressed man, yeah? Right, she's looking hot. She's got an awesome dress. You're looking great. Do we get to borrow the Jeep? Or is the Jeep yours? I don't even know. Get Jeep, top down, I don't know. But that car's awesome, so there we go. Or maybe something better, I don't know. But you pick her up, we're having a great time, yes? And actually, here's this, here's this thing, you guys. I would like some of you to really try and track here. I think this is where it gets really practical for us. It's a banquet. We're having a great time. It's going better than you thought. She's super cool. You guys look great. You're having fun. Woot woot. It's like what the banquet should be. Good, clean, awesome, fun. After banquet, whatever. I'm sure it's awesome because it's you. So they're having a great time, right? Drive her home. Evening was great. Pull in, walk her to the door. <laughs> and then she goes inside, like, I don't know what's going on. We're just like, well, but I'm filling the blank. I don't know, it's up to you and her. Right? 
<laughs> Dramatic pause. All right. I don't know. Whatever. Hey. <laughs> okay. Everybody back. Everybody back. Now. Ready? She goes in. Victory. It was an awesome night. And amen. Right. It was a great night. You're floating back to the car, like not even touching the ground. You get in the car, <laughs> crank the tunes. Tunes are cranking. Fist pump or no? I don't know. Are you a fist pump? Like, right? I know. Isn't it great? Like, yes! Okay, so ready? You're backing out of the driveway. Now, everybody here, everybody, we got the moment. Backing out of the driveway. You're pulling away, and you look, and you see in the picture window. Dad comes down the stairs. Oh, it hurts me, Owen. Love you, bro. Oh, <laughs> Dad comes down the stairs, and he says to his daughter, that was so nice of you. He really needed that. Opens up his wallet and hands her $500 cash. Oh. And she's like, yeah, thanks, Dad. Yeah, whatever. I mean, I guess I could do it. Thanks for the money. And he's like, you know what? Here's a little extra. Does that change anything? Oh, I hate even telling the story. I'm like, and by the way, that won't happen, right? Like, right, all right, like, it's not going to happen. But, but I need you guys to track. You were there. Does it change something for your night? What? But wait, you guys, no, no. What, what changed? It's no big deal. Is it no big deal? That's a pretty big deal. It's a huge deal, because what happened? She was paid to do it by her dad. <laughs> she got even worse. <laughs> Oh my gosh! They were in it together, you know, like, oh! I guess even worse, oh, well, you're, there's no way your dad would do this, but imagine, like, your dad, your mom, family. Oh. Can you imagine if I found out that someone was paying Jen to be my wife? Thank you for the audible moan. Like, does that change something? It's brutal. Disney. <laughs> Wait, wasn't it in? Wasn't that in like, uh, like which one? That Frozen, right? Like he was like he was still lying to her or whatever. Yeah, but like yeah, but but why? Why? Because it takes away what they didn't what want to be there. They didn't. They didn't choose it. They were just paid. See the difference? I'm ready. Come on. This is where I need you for two minutes. Is there a difference? Yeah. If we can see the difference in a banquet, can God see the difference in his creation for all humanity? <laughs> he decided to not pay you to love him. He took hell off the table. You're saved. You're in. You can be saved and not love him. That's how crazy grace is. You don't have to love God so much. So that's how free he made you. Because he wants, if you love him, he wants it to be what? Real. He wants you to actually love him. It's a real choice. He gets it. Right? Actually, we're so free as creatures that you and I can choose to do what? Reject him. He even made a place for people who want to reject him. Like, yeah, I'll make you your own little place. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Right? The other option is you're forced to love him or you're scared to love him or you're manipulated to love him, which he took all that off the table with grace. Right? <sighs> right? It's crazy. Like, he gets it. He gets it. Yeah. Why does, like, the reject, like, for people who reject God have to be, like, 
And I agree with that. And you know what? It doesn't have to be the fires of hell per se, although Jesus did mention fires. But really, it's not about that. It's about what does it, ex what does it feel like? And actually, most of us can go there. It feels pretty hellish. What does it feel like to not be in the presence of love? Hashtag hell. Right? A lot of poets, a lot of theologians, a lot of people believe that hell is just nothing. It's just the absence of God. Which, if you want to go there with the great divorce, why does earth feel like hell so much? We push him away or we think he's not here. Great question. Great question. Yeah, with upside down and ice, you know, with, with you know pitchforks and dragons and whatever. Maybe. Well, what the Bible uses that language because it wants to conjure up. Ready? It's trying to conjure up the worst thing imaginable, which is being alive while you're being burned, <laughs> and being tortured. That's that's. And ready? Is that even is that even as bad as it's gonna be? That doesn't even work. Those that word those words don't even work for how bad it's gonna be. Hell's worse than that. Not because God sends you there, it's because we reject, because we freely reject the love that he invites us into. Are we tracking on some level? So, you know, if you're like, this already, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Because, ready, if you want to say no, ready, how about this, with Junior Senior Banquet? We want to avoid the pain. So here's what we'll do. We'll have the Burex and the Hockets and the Bolts get together with all the names, and we'll pick for you. Oh, that'll be Okay, well then, okay, so, but we don't want people to get hurt, you guys. Yeah, right? Yeah. How about this? You know what we should do? Since people don't get picked and there's pain around the banquet, let's just get rid of the banquet. No more banquet. And some of us are like, some of us are like, yes. And if it's for that reason, that's what we're talking about. For other reasons, because maybe you want a better banquet. Well, Holtrop does a decent job. You should have gone to the one I was at. But anyway, all right. We've come a long way in 20 years. But I want you to consider if we take away the freedom of choice in marriage, what are we left with? Either no marriage or arranged marriage. Take away the freedom of choice in a banquet or just take away the banquet. No party. Just no party. That way nobody gets hurt. So next time you don't get asked to a banquet and it hurts, you can celebrate what? Free will. Free will. Oh, wait. Never mind. Sorry. I didn't. That didn't work. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get asked. Free will. <laughs> no, sorry, sorry. And see, oh yeah, just, uh, we're not here to solve that. We're just here to say, do we see why there's pain? Yeah, because, ready? The pain over not getting chosen is real, and it hurts. It really does hurt. Or getting rejected when you ask somebody. Totally hurts. By the way, does it hurt God? I guess if you can hurt God, yeah, he's got a heart. I bet it hurts. But how about this? How does it feel when someone picks you? Come on, some of you just smile. <laughs> it feels nice to be picked. To be wanted and desired. And ready? Is it better? Yeah. Uh, is it worth the risk? You don't have to. You don't, you don't have to agree. You don't have to agree. But I think we're on to something there. Go team. Last one. Point C. <laughs> Last thing. And you were hinting at it earlier. Wait a second though. There's evil in this world. I'll say it. You don't have to. I gave us the frame 
I gave us the free will stuff. I gave us the fact that humans do evil. But what about sickness and hurricanes and natural disasters and all this just evil that's in our world that apparently looks like God's fault? What the heck is up with that? He's, he stands next to evil and lets it happen? I'll say it. Can I say it? I'll be the one to say it. You're allowed to say it with me if you want to. I am definitely not going to make you say it. This is what I've found to be satisfying. It is definitely not a nice little cupcake here, but it satisfies. If God allows evil, and does he? Yes. So ready? Since God allows horrible evil, horrible sickness, horrible trauma, horrible torture, since he allows that, he better be able to what? Heal it, redeem it, or fix it. Because if he can't or won't, he's a what? I'll say it. He's a jerk. I'll even go so far as to say is, now we have an evil God. I'll say it. I'm your Bible teacher. I'll say this, which, strike me down. If that's the God, we, if that's the God who's the God of heaven, I don't want to go to his heaven. What a jerk. He's going to create a world with evil in it, and then evil happens like, oh, shoot, sorry, uh... I know all the sickness stuff happened and sucks for you. Like, that's an incompetent jerk. <laughs> right? No wonder people are pissed. He allowed evil. If he allows it, though, he better be able to what, you guys? He better be able to what? Redeem it. And ready? Is he powerful enough to redeem it? Is he powerful enough to heal it? So can he redeem it? Can he heal it? Can he? And actually, what's the catch? Can he? Yeah. Will he? Yeah. He already what, though? He already has. Now, two things. This is not shame or guilt at all. But some of you need to ask this question. I have had trauma. I have had pain. I have had sickness. Or I am sick. Or I'm in pain right now. I have had abuse in my life. I want to ask you, have you let him redeem it? Or do you trust that he can? And or do you believe that he's loving enough that he will? My sister Mandy is sick in the hospital. Can God heal her? Yeah. Is he today? I don't know, but has he yet? No. Will he? Come on, will he? She's getting a new body. I know it. I believe it. I know she's going to get a new body. Otherwise, why would God just let her be sick and then let her have a sick body forever or just be sick and die and not exist anymore? Like, what the heck? He's a jerk if he does that. Is he going to do that? No. Now we have what I would call, not necessarily a little cupcake, I would just call that hope. A satisfying answer. Fair enough? If God's going to allow rape, he better be able to what? Redeem it. If he allows it and he can't redeem it, he's a freaking jerk. <laughs> if he's going to allow my sister to get sick, he better be able to heal her. He better heal her at some point. If it's not today, which I would like, I at least I'm going to trust a loving God would do it at some point. Right? Uh, right? Otherwise, he's a jerk. Like, for real. I'm not just saying that as, as exaggeration. He's a freaking jerk if he's not going to do it. That's called hope. 
and many of us can actually trust that now and then he already has. That's what he died for. Now, let me just real quick. What did he do? And this is why I trust the Jesus concept. If we're in theism, we believe, if I, for me, incarnational, I'm using that word on, on purpose, incarnational, relational, Christ-centered worldview has a Jesus who went through what? Major suffering. What kind of suffering? He was whipped, beaten, probably gang raped by drunk soldiers. And if you don't think so, you do your research. Those Roman soldiers were jerks. And which were the ones who were assigned to crucifixion? The worst of the worst. And even the nice ones were jerks. Even non-soldiers did that kind of stuff to people. So he's probably gang raped <coughs> and then tortured some more, mocked, betrayed by his friends, and then nailed to a cross. What'd God do with that? Brought him back to life, seats him at the right hand of the Father, and uses that scenario for the salvation of mankind. How are we doing? Doing okay? Not too shabby? Now, do we call crucifixion good then? Thank you. I was like, there was a pause during second period. I'm like, what? what? <laughs> crucifixion? No way. It's not good. That'd be like calling when my dad get in a car accident and a semi-truck's run over his car. That Oh, but that's good. It was for your good. Are you, what? <laughs> you crazy? My dad dying in a car accident is not good. Can God redeem it? Yeah, he already has. In my life, he's totally redeemed it. I see how he has turned it into good, <laughs> right? It's like saying that poop smells good. No, it doesn't. But we could turn it into manure, and then we could turn it into making flowers. Amen, right? But poop? <laughs> poop doesn't smell good. Don't say that it does. It just doesn't, unless you're, well, unless you're weird. I don't know. I just like the smell. Right? Poop? Poop is just poop. Poop is just poop. Poop, poop, poop. Right, sorry. We got it? We get the message. Put that in the, the book. That like your hand, like your hand was up. Go for it. Yeah, he will not take you on the journey without equipping you for the journey. Mm -hmm. He will not allow you to go through something if he will not also redeem it. Great point. And how come they go to hell? Is will he force you? to be in heaven with him. Well, no, no, no. Here's the thing. They, I, I love that. I love that concept, which now we enter into something beyond my understanding, right? Because has he redeemed them and their situation? What, has he? Who did he die for? Right? But they're in hell. So they're away from him. What do we do with that? I don't know. Are we ready? This is where I'll say, I don't know. That is a mystery. I don't know. But there's something about the fact that what I do know to be true, he won't force them to go to heaven. But the other thing that's true, the other thing is it's true, right, is that he's done everything for them to be in heaven. If we get rid of one of those, it's a total mess, right? Nice job, as usual, going right to the point, right? Like right there to the point. It's a paradox. We've hit my, the edge of my understanding. But let's do this then, though. Ready? That's where 
we bump into, I don't know, sorry, and I don't have all of that. That one is, is where we hit the edge of that mystery, right? Let's back up, though, then. Let's back up. Let's back up. And now, is that unsolved, per se? Yeah, that's a tricky one. I don't, I don't have something there. So, ready? Is there evil in our world? Is there horrible atrocities in our world? Let's not go with incarnational theology with Jesus. Let's not do that. So ready? Get out your maps. And now we're heading over towards materialism. Ready? We are, let's get rid of God. Not saying you're doing it like, let's say that for this person, let's get rid of God. Let's get rid of Jesus. Let's get rid of that theology. Let's go with another worldview. Materialism. Is there still rape? Still child abuse? Still chopping off heads of people in the name of religion? Yeah. And ready? Go. It's now what, though? Absurd, meaningless, random chance. Do you have any control over it? Cause and effect. And there's also no God to redeem it or to help you within it. Is that better? Nope. I mean, the other one, we hit the edge of it. It's like, yeah, I don't know what to do with that. So I'll just go over here. Uh, <laughs> is that better? You're right, but there's also not someone redeeming everything that he's allowed to have happen so or is available. Yeah, it's an interesting trade-off. The trade-off then is all of your pain and suffering is absurd. All of your pain and suffering is caught in effect. You have no control, and there's no loving God who invites you into redemption of it, who has power to redeem it. Okay? It's like invalidating. Well, totally. Well, 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 okay, we don't like that one. Let's go to monism. We'll go up to monism. Is there rape? As they're chopping off the heads in the name of religion, child abuse, and now it's all part of who? You and God. Is that better? From what though? Do you even need to? No, you just call. Yeah, right, right, right. That, is that is that one better? Is that one more satisfying? That one now we have the evil God, and the evil God is who? You. Ah, what the heck? I don't think that's any better. So let's go to idealism. Idealism. No personal incarnational God, abstract truth and reality exists out there. Good, perfect place with no pain and suffering is out there. Do we have it here? Nope. Okay. So now you have all the pain and suffering. And if you're in pain and suffering, are you perfect? Nobody has to make yourself perfect to get out there and get rid of all your pain and suffering to get there. As many chances as you want, but wait a second real quick. If you have pain in your life and you add that to it, what do most of those religions say? Your suffering is whose fault? Yours. It's karma. So tell that to my sister, Mandy, or the two-year-old who's dying of cancer. It's their own fault. Or how about the rape victim? Yeah, it got really quiet. Is that more satisfying than the other thing? See, here's the thing. Anywhere you go on the map, is there evil and rape and horror and suffering? Now, see, we're not getting rid of that. It's we're trying to find something that's satisfying as we deal with it. When I look at the incarnational understanding of this, it makes the most sense and is the most satisfying. There's still mystery. It's still frustrating. I still have to deal with what one of my favorite authors calls the great allower, wonderful counselor, mighty God, prince of peace, great allower. <laughs> uh, 
right? It does if he can't what? Redeem it and heal it and if he's not loving. What was that? But see, ready? That's what we started with. What's the parfait? What's the parfait? Free will. See? Do you see why it lands? That's why it's a beautiful place to land on. We can end with, why did he let it happen? Because he took the risk of free will. Was it worth that risk? Well, we all kind of already admitted that real love is worth it if there's real love is going to be real what? Pain. Real suffering. Oh, I have proof. I have tons of proof. I got lots of proof of him redeeming horrible, hellish stuff. We can go there. I got lots of proof. There's some amazing proof of... Oh, I, I mean, the bell's going to ring on me. That's why I want to tell the story. But I, I know people in my life who've been through horrible atrocities that have been redeemed. I know people who've been healed here and now. right? Um, I know rape victims who have come to forgive and love and found redemption here and now and freedom from that and found healing and hope. I, I, I know there's definitely proof of redemption. Does it happen all the time in the way that we want it to? Not necessarily or when we want it to. No, and that's why there's still hope that it will, right? John the Baptist, Jesus starts his ministry with, uh, I'm going to set the captives free. <laughs> Sorry, cuz, you're going to get your head chopped off. And Jesus says what? Blessed are you if you are not offended by me. But real quick, none of this makes any sense if he's not loving, which is the weird paradox of it, right? All right, nice job today, you guys. Thank you. I think the, I think the super hard one is a lot of the people who've had the pain and suffering in their lives, not about you, a lot of people I know who've had the pain and suffering in their lives are the ones who push God away, but in doing so they're pushing the being away who can help them with their pain and suffering. But I understand why they're pushing him away. That's really awkward. Yeah, it's a hard one. See you guys. Nice work. See ya. Peace. Can I get an amen? Yes. No. No. Yes. No. It's all right. I mean, our culture is not the verbal culture. We're the quiet culture. I know we're processing, but part of me is like, come on. Right? Did it make enough sense today? Is, is, is it enough? Like. Yeah, I mean, by no means is it a closed thing. Oh, no, it's not closed. But when you look at all the other options... Yeah. It's a good one. Elias McLeod, Aaron Olson, Mariah Thompson... At the point where... Alexis Limbers, please stop by the front office before you leave school today. They find one thing that it doesn't completely satisfy, and then they're like... Chuck the whole thing? Yeah, it's real. It's real. Oh, yeah, it's real. What you usually find is someone who said... This is where the, almost everybody gets hung up. I know he can redeem. I know he loves me. I know he could stop it and he didn't. I know we need free will. I know, I know, I know, I know. But he hasn't redeemed it yet in me and my life sucks right now. What the heck? How can he love me and let my life suck? Yeah, I to go talk to Job. You know, like, Job's life sucks. Though he slay me, still I trust him, right? Which is kind of crazy. <laughs> I like how you yeah. guys.
I'm like, I gotta change this. This is a mess. 